Hello, everyone. It's the Lazarus Show in honor of my brother Brian. How's everyone doing on this Monday evening? All right, I'm going to get right into it. Faith healers, namely Peter Popoff and Benny Hinn, are religious faith healers. Let's start with Benny Hinn. If you notice, he'll heal dozens of people at a time. He'll throw his hands in the air, knock over a crowd of people in one fail swoop. Okay, so first things first. There isn't a free choice of who gets to go up on stage. There is not a free choice of who gets to go up on stage. They are all first interviewed and screened by his aides and or handlers that are on the payroll. Example, an elderly woman was screened and she told them that she had arthritis in her arm and shoulder. The first thing they asked her was, well, can you lift your arm over your head? She told them no, that she was not able to do that. They told her, sorry, miss, you may not enter the stage area unless you can lift both your arms over your head. She told them, well, I can do it, but it causes so much pain. So they asked her to show them how she lifts her arms over her head. She proceeded to raise her arms above her head in total agony. Witnesses say tears came to the poor elderly woman's eyes. She was then given the okay to go on stage. You see, the staff of Benny Hinn Hinn have one purpose, one job. You know what that job is? To keep the truly sick away from the stage. This is a reality that came to life for an eight-year-old little girl who had a neuromuscular disorder, and she had limited mobility of her arms, hands, and was unable to walk at all. You see, her mother brought young Grace to one of Benny Hinn's evangelical healing shows. Little Grace and her mother tried to make their way to the stage during the show in the hopes of being healed. But as they proceeded down the aisle, they were intercepted by one of Benny Hinn's handlers in order to sit down. The two of them waited for their time, but unfortunately, their time never came. During the next hour or so, Benny Hinn started to yell out things indicating that people were being healed all over the congregation. So little Grace asked her mother to help her stand up and walk. But sadly, the miracle never happened. How sad. How Benny Hinn can live with himself is beyond me. By the way, his ministry brings in more, you ready for this, than $200 million per year. Per year. Next up is one of my all-time favorites, Peter Popoff. What a name. Peter Popoff. I'd like to pop his head off. He claims not only to have special healing powers, but a direct line to God the Father himself. Not only does he guess people's names, seemingly out of thin air, but he even tells them their address, their family members' names, and even the ailment that they're suffering from. So not only is he a healer, but he's a psychic as well. His live crusades bring in millions of dollars. In the mid-80s, James Randi, the amazing Randi, and his team went undercover using a scanner. They caught Peter Popoff red-handed. He was using an earpiece and was being fed the information that was filled out on prayer cards by none other than his wife. To this day, Peter Popoff Ministries is alive and well and still in business. Steve Martin starred in a movie that was based on Peter Popoff. It was called Leap of Faith. I love that movie. If you've never seen it, you got to watch it. Great movie.
The only difference, though, is in the movie, Steve Martin's conscience finally got the best of him. and He hung it up, but Mr. Peter Popoff today, today, in 2018, is still having business as usual. He's still on television. He's still a traveling faith healer, and his most recent gimmicks are laughable. I mean, laughable. He'll send you water. That's supposedly from Jerusalem. Yeah, that's right. He'll send you water. It's supposed to be healing water. Faith healing water. In these little plastic bottles from Jerusalem. You know, one time, I would say, I don't know, a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago or so, I was up late at night and saw Peter Popoff Ministries on, on TV. And I decided to call in. Purely, purely just because I was interested in seeing what would happen. Out of pure curiosity, I called in. Knowing this guy was a scam artist. You could, this guy has sleaze bag oozing off of him. I mean, dripping off of him. This guy is so sleazy. But I called in <clears throat> to see what would happen. They sent me a packet with this bull crap water in it so you know I decided to test it not the water I knew the water was bull crap I decided to write Peter Popoff and I told him in a letter that I was a loyal servant of the Peter Popoff Ministries and that I had been donating to him since the early 1980s and that I had recently succumbed to hard times, and I was broke and about to be evicted from my place. I asked if he could please send me any amount of money that he could afford to help me in any way. To no avail, I got no money, of course. What did I get? Another packet. Telling me to send him whatever little money I did have left and that God would bless me tenfold. So not only did he not send me any money, but he tried to squeeze whatever little few dollars I had left. You know, I have to answer for a lot in this life. I do. We all do. When I meet my maker, I have a lot to answer for. But I'm thankful that I don't have to answer for this type of stuff. You see, these people are along the same lines as psychics, mediums, tarot card readers, etc. They really are. Except they're using the Lord and God to manipulate people, which is a whole nother type of sin. Do you remember Sylvia Brown? She's probably the most successful psychic of all time. She'd received $700 per phone call. And she was booked two years in advance. That's right. Two years. Unfortunately, she couldn't predict her own death. In May of 2003, she predicted on Larry King's show that she would live to 88 years old. She died at the age of 77. How much of a psychic was she? <laughs> One of her most infamous predictions, this is kind of sad, came in 2004 when she told Luana Miller, the mother of Amanda Berry, that her kidnapped daughter was dead. She's not alive, honey, Brown said. She said, she told me to tell you she'll see you in heaven. That's exactly what she said to this poor woman. It was discovered that Berry was still alive and had been held captive by Ariel Castro for nearly a decade. Unfortunately, the mother passed away and was not alive to hear the news. How despicable is that? How despicable. She lived out the rest of her days believing her daughter was dead because of Sylvia Brown. How despicable, man. How much lower could a person be? Doesn't, for, for me, it doesn't get much lower. That's low.
Now, for me, here's the sad part. So maybe, just maybe, that was one of the comforts she could have when she, too, would pass away. The thought of seeing her daughter again. How sad. Because if you believe we're reconciled with our loved ones when we die, then Luana Miller was once again disappointed. How sad and how despicable of Sylvia Brown. There's a special place in hell for people like Sylvia Brown, Peter Popoff, and Benny Hinn. Let's talk about psychic mediums. John Edward McGee Jr., also known as John Edward. Remember him? He had a show called Crossing Over, where he seemingly would take audience members and talk to their deceased family members. I mean, it was quite a spectacle. People would cry and thank dear John Edward for allowing them to speak to their loved ones. His show was eventually canceled after he was caught sending his people to his guest houses to poke around and peek through windows, dig through trash, look through mail, check public records, and whatever else they could use. In live settings, psychic mediums are more often wrong than they are right. But with a tape television show that allows for editing, well, it can seem to be exactly what it claims, a conversation with the deceased. I mean, how? <laughs> anyway, when in reality, all they're really doing is a technique that has been used since the beginning of this so-called psychic practice called cold reading. Basically, they use this to imply that they know much more about a person than they really do. A polished cold reader can quickly obtain a great deal of information by analyzing a person's body language, age, clothing, gender, sexual orientation, religion, race, level of education, place of origin, etc. Cold readings commonly employ high probability guesses, quickly picking up on signals as to whether their guesses are in the right direction or not then emphasizing and reinforcing chance connections and quickly moving on from missed guesses. There's something called the Barnum Effect. It's a psychological phenomenon whereby individuals give high accuracy ratings to descriptions of their personality that supposedly, supposedly are tailored specifically to them, but that are in fact vague and general enough to apply to a wide range of people. These psychic, mediums play, these psychic mediums play off this. And in effect, people fool themselves. Partially just because they want to believe. They take a generally vague statement that can apply to anyone and make it, make it personal to themselves. You see, these mediums probe audiences until they find the perfect candidate. They want someone cooperative, eager, and quite frankly, blinded by their wanting to talk to their deceased loved ones. While revelations seem to come from the psychic, most of the facts and statements come from the person themselves, which are then refined and restated by the so-called psychic to make it seem like they're getting things correct when in fact they're totally lying through their teeth. A couple of quick examples. Common questions psychic mediums use to probe audience members. Does anyone here know of anyone affected by cancer? That's one of my favorites. Duh. Everyone knows someone affected by cancer. I don't know a soul alive that doesn't know someone who's been affected by cancer. Then they'll say something like, when they passed away, they were having trouble breathing. And then I'll point to like the neck and the chest area. Well, I hate to break the news to everyone, but that's what dying is. You stop breathing. My all-time favorite is, does anyone know someone with the letter T or B? Hmm, let's see. Do you know anyone with the letters T or B? We all do. All of us. Think hard enough. You'll come up with someone.
Or how about when we talk to just straight psychics, not psychic mediums? They'll tell you something like, you do so much for everyone else, but you sometimes feel unappreciated. Who doesn't feel unappreciated from time to time? That statement resonates in everyone. My advice is, if you ever go to a psychic, only ask one question. It's all you need to find out they're psychic. Ask one question. Ask them to tell you your name. That's it. If they get it, okay, go on with it. If not, they're a fake, plain and simple, cut and dry. A psychic should know your name, right? That's the, that's the definition of psychic. Knowing things without being told. I mean, do I even have to go into like tarot cards or palm reading? I guess I'll go into tarot cards. As insane as it sounds, there are people, a lot of people, who believe a deck of cards can tell your future and access the psychic realm. These charlatans claim to be able to tell you about your love life, financial future, and any number of things. You can even get a tarot card reading online today. How does that work? You can get a tarot card reading online. They'll read your palm online too. I'll tell you, take a picture of your palm and they'll do a reading. You know, you can buy tarot cards in most bookstores or game shops. And they even come with a booklet of instructions. Isn't that thoughtful? So basically, anyone can read tarot cards. I thought it took special powers, only bestowed upon a select few. Hmm. Now, you can't forget to light a candle and put on a ridiculous costume, because without those two things, how can it work, right? Side note. If there really are any psychics, why do they bother to make money reading palms, cards, and people's futures? Why don't they just play the lottery? Just play the lottery. To hell with all the other stuff. The other stuff sounds like hard work. Oh, that's right. They're doing it to help people. I forgot. My bad. The amazing Randy, James Randy, one of my all-time favorite magicians. He has a standing $1 million reward to anyone that can prove psychic abilities or psychic powers or any type of special powers. Now, as many people we have out there who claim to be psychic, not very many have showed up to face the amazing Randy's challenge and collect the $1 million. And the ones that tried have failed miserably. Randy challenged Sylvia Brown in the media. And on Larry King's, on the Larry King show, Larry brought it up to her. And her exact words were, when asked if she would face the challenge, this was what she said. And I quote, I don't know how to get a hold of James Randy. End quote. Back it up here for a minute. She doesn't know how to get a hold of James Randy, she said. Do I need to say any more? She's a psychic. She's a psychic, but she can't figure out how to get a hold of someone. She should be able to pull his phone number right out of the air. Or his address, like she does with her guests. God. Does anybody remember a man by the name of Yuri Geller? He intrigued me when I was a kid when I first saw him. I was intrigued by this guy. He used to go on TV and bend spoons with his mind. In fact, he bent Barbara Walters' key seemingly using telekinesis or special powers of some sort. Does anybody remember this guy? <coughs> or Yuri Geller or Ori Geller, whatever the hell his name is. He'd go on and he'd have these TV shows. He'd tell people, say, you know, look into your TV and say, work, work. And he claimed he could fix your broken radios at your house and broken television sets using his mind. Then he would bend spoons. It was kind of neat to watch, actually. 
And again, James Randy, Randy went on to debunk Yuri Geller by doing many of his tricks and revealing the secret. You see, Yuri Geller claims to be psychic or have special powers. Rather than admitting he's using trickery. Just admit it's trickery. No, he claims he's a psychic. Hell, Yuri Geller had an entire audience holding spoons and supposedly coached them into bending spoons with their mind. Again, the Barnum effect made the audience members do what they did. And of course, people want to be part of the show. And it was later discovered that Geller had planted many of the audience members himself. And you take all that emotion of the Barnum effect, wanting to be on TV, you know, wanting to experience some psychic phenomena, couple all that together with the TV show and Geller's fancy talk, you get bent spoons. Of course you do. If you watch Yuri Geller's videos, you could slow them down and actually see the point in which he forcefully bends the spoons. He actually went on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. But unbeknownst to Geller, James Randi explained what controls to put in place to prevent Geller from cheating, and Geller completely bombed. He miserably bombed. See, Johnny Carson didn't let Geller handle any of the spoons or any of his people handle any of the spoons beforehand or any of the props. So Geller bombed because he's, he's using trickery. Of course he is. These psychics and faith healers, they're scam artists. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a few things. You tell me if any of them resonate with you, okay? See if you can identify with any or all of these. I'm going to tell you some things about yourself. See, each and every one of you, it's not a coincidence that you're listening to my show right now. This is how these charlatans would go. You have a scar on your knee from something that happened to you when you were young. You went through a dramatic change between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. A major change in your life. You hate being lied to. If there's one thing you cannot stand, it's a liar. It's extremely hard to get you mad, but once someone does, look out. Your temper can get a little scary. You're a very hard worker and you take pride in what you do. You don't see the point in doing something unless you do it right. Someone in your past really did a number on you. You put your trust in them 100% and they crushed it. You've lost someone close to you and it hurt you badly. And you wish you had more time with that person because now you have some regrets of time you didn't spend with that person. You're holding some regrets. You've made some mistakes in your life that you wish you could go back and change. It's hard for someone to gain your love and trust, but once they do, you love them wholeheartedly and you give them your all. There's nothing you wouldn't do for the ones you love. Nothing. You'll do anything for the ones you love. Now, did anyone identify with a lot of that? Believe me, I'm no psychic at all. Everything I said there is probably almost everyone. If you mix, up, mix all that up with a good performance and the proper environment and conditions, you can fool people. Especially people who want to believe. People who go to a psychic are looking to believe. And if you look hard enough, you will find things to relate to. There was an experiment conducted at a university some years back. where they handed out pieces of paper to the students with five to ten facts on them. That were something like a horoscope or cold reading. And afterwards, they asked them if the horoscopes slash cold readings were accurate. 
and specific to them personally. The teacher then asked by a show of hands how many were right on. Every student raised their hand. Then they were instructed to pass the papers to the person behind them. And to their surprise, they realized every paper was the same. This is cold reading at its finest. If there are real psychics, then why didn't anyone put a stop to the Twin Tower disaster? Or the countless hurricanes and tornadoes that have killed so many? Earthquakes and plane crashes. Who killed JFK? Where's Jimmy Hoffa? Nobody knows. How about these so-called psychics who solve missing persons cases? First of all, psychics exaggerate their success. Even claiming positive results in cases that were failures or that never even existed. What, you don't think they'll make up a story and lie? That's what they do. Psychics use ordinary means of obtaining information, which they then present as having been psychically obtained. For example, psychics have been accused of impersonating police officers and even of bribery of police officers in order to gain information. That's right. They'll, they'll, they'll take on a job to find a missing person, go around door to door and claim to be cops and start asking people for information, asking questions and getting information. Digging in their trash. Psychics can breathe themselves by studying newspapers, internet, social media, talking to neighbors. You know what their favorite thing is to say? That they can vision a body of water. It's always a body of water, isn't it? Every missing person case, a psychic says, I see a body of water. There's water all over the place. They retrofit these cases. It's like painting a bullseye around a dart or an arrow after it's thrown. It's fucking sad that they waste precious time that could be used in actual detective work. Sending police on wild goose chases. Burning up resources with this nonsense. Look, I would love for psychics to be real, but they're just not. There's no such thing as faith healers. Just to be clear, I don't believe in ESP, faith healers, psychics, fortune tellers, mediums, telekinesis, crystal balls, the Easter Bunny, or little leprechauns guarding pots of gold. I believe in hard work, instincts, forward thinking, having an open mind, and my own abilities. I also believe that we answer for what we do in this life. We answer for what we do in this life, and I have a lot to answer for. But thankfully, I don't have to answer for using God and fake healing to make money, exploiting people's hardships about their deceased loved ones for financial gains, or lying to a mother about her missing child, when you know full well in your heart that you know absolutely nothing about the whereabouts, about their whereabouts. And I can sleep at night. I can look in the mirror. I can meet my maker without having done these types of things. Thank you all for listening. You guys all have a wonderful evening. That's my show, The Lazarus Show. Remember, we all have a voice, and that includes you. Good morning, everyone. It's The Lazarus Show in honor of my brother Brian. How are we doing on this Tuesday morning? So... Who caught Fergie's performance of the National Anthem? I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't bring this up this morning. You want to talk about a hatchet job. Even the players were laughing at her. At the All-Star Game, the NBA All-Star Game. What the hell was she thinking? That was one of the top five worst performances of the National Anthem I have ever heard in my entire life. Life. 
I don't know what she was trying to sound like. I don't know. I think she was going for like one of those, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like a singer at an old juke joint. She really, really screwed the pooch on that one, man. I mean, that is horrible. I couldn't find one thing about it I liked. Oh, yes, I could. When it ended. I like that. I love that. Man, was that bad. I wonder how much she got paid to do that. I wonder what it's like for these celebrities, man. To not only have their regular incomes, but to get this little side money to do things like the Super Bowl and NBA All-Star Games, do commercials, you know, little little bull crap, little, little side gigs. They probably get a, a cool million dollars every time they do a little gig. I mean, could you imagine your side money being like, you know, million, million five? And for her to go on there and sing like that, whatever they paid her was too much and she should give the money back. She shouldn't take that money. Or she ought to donate it. She ought to donate it to herself for voice lessons. Damn, I thought Fergie could sing. I mean, didn't she rehearse that? And then listen to it? You know, play it back and listen to it? Before she went out there and performed it? She couldn't have. She couldn't have. Because anyone, anyone in there, you know what the problem is? Let me tell you what the problem is. I'll tell you what the problem is. She's got a bunch of kiss-ass handlers running around behind her, and they all were too afraid to tell her how bad she sucked. And they're like, oh, Fergie. Oh, they did a little golf clap when they did a rehearsal. I could hear them now. I could hear them now. Fergie, that was wonderful. Fergie, you were wonderful, Fergie. Fergie. You are, that was just wonderful, Fergie. What kind of name is Fergie anyway? That can't be a real name, Fergie. 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 What a wonderful performance, Fergie. I wish it was like American Idol and Simon Cowell would have been up there when she did that, did that national anthem. You know what he'd have told her? He'd have told her it was appalling. That was appalling. I really thought my ears were going to bleed. <laughs> Simon Cowell's ruthless, isn't he? Man, he's ruthless. That borderline on manic. I can hear him now. That was appalling. That was the worst performance I've ever heard in my life. That borderline on a psychosomatic state. <laughs> episode. That would have been great. Man, these actors and these uh, these famous people, man, they certainly have a sense of entitlement, don't they? A sense of self-worth. You know, they act like they're so, so important. They're just like me and you. Their shit stinks, too. <laughs> so that's saying they put their pants on one leg at a time like we do. They have to eat, they have to sleep, they have to go to the bathroom just like we do. Right? How much they cover themselves up with makeup. You know, all the makeup and fancy clothes and polished look and plastic surgery and, you know, they're just like me and you. No different. No different at all. They're just regular people with some sort of talent that made it. But man, they become famous and suddenly, you know, they're an authority on everything. Susan Sarandon, she's an authority on, you know, foreign affairs. Her and Tim Robbins, it's like two jackasses up there. Matt Damon's another one.
Just forget, quit, quit acting and go be in politics if that's what you want to do. Shut your mouth about world hunger. You don't know the first thing about being hungry. Can't stand that. What do they know about being hungry? Or being poor? They know nothing about it. Nothing. And whatever they did know, believe me, they've long forgotten. Yeah, it's really foggy out here this morning. Really foggy out here. Everyone be careful going to, to work this morning. It's foggy out here. Very dangerous, man. Dangerous out here. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. You know, and people drive like maniacs. There's a school bus in front of me. I don't know where this person was told. Who told this person they could drive? Man, they are. This might be the one of the worst drivers I've ever seen in my life. Swerving, speeding. Made a left-hand turn with no signal. Dangerous, man. Glad my kid doesn't ride on that bus. Golly. I have no real subject for today's show. Just thought I'd come on here and just ramble. I like to do that sometimes. I have a show I call Random Rambling. Oh, this might be called a Random Rambling 2. It's usually me just coming on here talking about shit that pisses me off. Like actors. Who think they're authorities on everything. They don't know shit about shit. What can Matt Damon tell me about being poor? Or struggling. He has no idea what it's like to have one dollar in your pocket or two dollars in your pocket and you got a whole week to go before you get any more money. He has no idea about that. He wouldn't know what to do. He wouldn't know whether shit or go blind if that happened to him. He wouldn't know what to do. Took away all his money. These people want to want to talk about being poor and relating take away all their money then let's see them relate relate to that relate to being poor now the only way to relate to being poor is to be poor you can't be filthy rich and pretend like you understand what it's like to be poor you have no fucking clue what it's like must be nice to be able to sit up in your ivory tower, judge the world, talk about whatever stupid fucking thing you can think of for the day, whatever stupid charity or cause you, you plan on working on that week, and sit and talk about poor people, you know, and, and point out the things that are wrong in the world. When you're part of the problem yourself, hell, you're most of the problem. All these actors could solve homelessness and world hunger. Just donate, really donate some money. If every multi-millionaire donated a million dollars, that would end homelessness and world hunger in the blink of an eye. Can't tell me it wouldn't because I know it would. If every millionaire donated one million dollars, think about how much money that would be. I never looked up how many millionaires there are. I know there's plenty. If every millionaire took $1 million of their money and donated it all at the same time, or if the government took it from them like they should, put it towards homelessness and building buildings for people that need shelter, it'll be over all in one day. Take however long it takes to build buildings. That's how long it would take to end the homelessness in this country. And hunger. You could end it in a month. Whole thing could be over. We don't really want to solve any of this stuff. They're all too busy on TV talking, talking about it. And making themselves look important. And acting like what they say matters. I don't give a fuck about what Matt Damon or Susan Sarandon have to say. Until you donate a million dollars of your own money, keep your fucking mouth shut.
You don't know the first thing about me or the people I know. Nothing. You relate to me as about as about as much as I can relate to a fucking cat or a mouse. That's how different of a species you are to me. It's the equivalent of me trying to relate to a street mouse or a gutter mouse or an alley rat. Like I said before, rich people, famous people may as well be on another fucking planet. There's some far off species that I can't even interact with. They mean nothing to me. They can't help me and I in any way, shape or form. Should I talk about the government today? Nah, I'd bash them enough. God knows I've 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 I put those people through the ringer, haven't I? Fuckers. <laughs> I'd bash the shit out of them and the police. I've tore them a new one, haven't I? Golly. Figured I'd bash the actors this morning. Fuckers. Their Academy Award. Stick your Academy Award right up your fucking ass. That's where you can put your Academy Award. I'll talk about what are you going to do with your Academy Award? Where are you going to place it in your home? I got a place for it. Up your fucking ass. Turn the sun a bit sideways. Shine it up real good and stick it right up your fucking ass. Rich bastards don't help no one. Sean Penn. He's one that helps. If they were all like him, I'd be okay with Hollywood. Hell, he moved to fucking Haiti, didn't he? He moved right there with him. He helps. I see him jump right in the water and help rescue people. Oh man, he helps. He helps. Sean Penn helps. He knows. He gets it. He's a humanitarian. He doesn't go on TV and talk about it. He just does it. He just does it. Who else can we talk about? A lot of the Eagles coaches are heading south, it sounds like. We're losing some coaches. I wish they could keep them together, man, but I guess it's just not realistic. Hope it doesn't affect our team next year. We did it this year. So all you naysayers can kiss my ass. The Eagles finally fucking did it. Kiss my ass. I don't got to hear your mouths no more. I've been listening to people talk shit to me about the Eagles my whole life. Oh, they're choked. They're choke artists. They're never going to do it. They can't win the big one. Well, they won the big one, so fuck off. Fuck off, cocksuckers. By the way, today's show is not for the faint at heart. I'm in a cursing, yelling, bitching, complaining kind of mood this morning. And I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck today. I did no research for this morning's show. My last show, Psychics and Faith Healers, that one took three or four days of research and writing. Today, it took three or four seconds of research. I picked it up, my phone, hit record and said, let's go. Let's get it. No research. Fuck research this morning. I'm in a shit talking kind of mood today. What can I bitch about this morning? I'm trying to find something to bitch about. I usually can find a million things to bitch about. I can bitch about tax, I mean, uh, gas prices. Bitch about that. That makes me fucking sick. That one pisses me off. Doesn't it piss you off? Price of gas? Especially when Tom Ogle found a way to run cars off gas fumes. Remember that show I did, 100 miles to the gallon? Tom Ogle, corrupted invention to run a car off fumes. 
to get 100 miles to the gallon? Can't have that, can we? Let's see. We're going by major. Here we go. $2.52 a gallon. A gallon. Now, what's milk? $2.99 a gallon? $2.52 a gallon. I think that's high. If you ask me, that's very high. Too much. Oh yeah, I can bitch about these roads. How much do we pay in taxes again every year for these fucking roads? I feel like I'm on a damn roller coaster out here. Speed bumps. Feels like there's speed bumps right in the middle of the road and potholes and manholes and boom, 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 boom. Fix the roads, man. No, what do they do? They tear up the roads that are perfectly fine and they fix them. They don't even seem to work on the roads that need real work anymore. They work on the roads that don't need any work. I love that movie, Falling Down. Michael Douglas walks up to the construction company and goes, Hey, what's wrong with the street? The street was fine. I was here yesterday. There was nothing wrong with the street. I know how it works. You got to spend your money, your budget money, by the end of the year so you get it again the following year. Oh, that movie was great. If you've never seen a movie called Falling Down, watch it. Matter of fact, I'm going to watch that movie tonight if I can find it. If I can find it. Falling Down with Michael Douglas. Man, that movie is wonderful. It's about a guy who finally just can't fucking take it anymore. Kind of reminds me of myself a little bit. The movie starts with a scene of Michael Douglas sitting in his car. And there's a fly in the car. And Michael Douglas is trying to kill this fly. And he can't get it. And he, he's sweating. He's trying to get this fly that's flying around. He's like, ah, ah, he's trying to kill it with this newspaper. And he just fucking snaps, completely snaps. Man, his cheese slides all the way off his cracker, completely. He fucking loses his shit. Man, he loses his fucking shit. It is wonderful. And he spends the rest of the movie trying to go home, as he puts it. I'm going home. It's great. Great movie. It's a guy who worked for the Department of Defense. He was expendable. They got rid of him. And what put him over the edge was this fly in this car. Man, it fucking, he snaps. Great movie. Awesome movie. All-time top five favorite movies ever I love that movie I've seen that movie so many times I can't even tell you falling down great great movie the Lazarus show gives it four and three quarter stars maybe I'll just, I'll just do a show about rating movies giving my opinion and rating movies you know, two thumbs up, four stars. Except I could do a little different. I could do a little different. I could do like fuck yes. The Lazarus Show gives the movie Falling Down four fuck yes. Fuck yeah. Go watch the movie Falling Down. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That'd be good, huh? Fuck yeah. I'm in rare form this morning. I didn't sleep very well last night. I was up, of course, watching Monday Night Raw because I am really just a adolescent. 
I'm really just a big child who still loves watching professional wrestling. And I stayed up and watched it. Then after wrestling, I put on my PlayStation and played my wrestling game. Because I'm really just a big kid. Isn't that what we all are? Big kids? Isn't that a little bit of doubt? You know, whenever we get nervous about something, you know who put that there? That doubt and those nerves? You did. It's that kid inside you. Whenever you're scared or nervous or unsure of yourself, it's the kid. It's the kid inside you that puts that doubt there and that fear and that nervousness. We all have that child inside of us. It's the same child that makes us laugh at stupid jokes. It's that kid. We're all big kids. Deep down inside, we're still just kids. Sure, some of us grow up and start doing adult things, taking on responsibilities, putting away childish things, all that. But you can't take the kid out of you. You can't do it. It's not possible. To this day, when I watch wrestling, I feel like a kid. That's probably why I like it. My father likes uh, fire trucks. He brings out the kid in him. He liked him when he was a kid, so he likes him now. You can't tell me when you don't see a game or something that you played when you were a kid. It doesn't bring out the, uh, the child in all of us. It does, doesn't it? That's why you like watching shows from your childhood. Reminds you of a more easy, peaceful, less strenuous time. Before you had all these responsibilities. And all this stress in your life. And money problems. And relationship problems. And social problems. And money issues and legal problems and blah, 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 blah. All the things that piss us off. You know what messes us up in this life? Life itself. This life is not geared up for us. This is not how we were meant to live. Money. Money is a big illusion. It's a big farce. It's all bullshit. Total bullshit. Money. That's a man-made invention. What is it? I would say it's paper. It's not even paper. It's just cloth. It's woven fibers. Used as currency. I wish you go back to the barter system or the trading system. That'd be better. Wouldn't it be nice to go to a store and trade, I don't know, some pies you made? Say you made some pies, you take them to a grocery store. Tell them, okay, I like five pounds of ground beef and three pounds of butter steaks. Here's my pies. Doesn't that sound better? No, some asshole had to invent money. Thus came the first greed. Money. Money just brings greed. That's all money is. It's just a way of getting things, isn't it? Money in and of itself is worth shit. Not worth anything. It's not worth the paper it's printed on. Or the fabric it's printed on. Or whatever the hell it's fucking made out of. Fibers, fabric, cotton, I don't know. It's made out of some kind of cloth. Life was so much simpler. I tell Mark this all the time. Like, man, stop trying to grow up so fast. See, this is how it works. You spend your whole childhood wanting to be old. Er. Older. Then you spend your whole adulthood wanting the old things back. You spend your whole childhood wanting to be older. Your old adulthood wanting to be younger. You spend your whole childhood wanting new things. Your whole adulthood wanting them old things back. This is how it goes.
I hate this new shit they have out today. I love all the old stuff. Something about it was better. And what that something is, is it reminds me of my childhood. Think about it, when you're young, you have plenty of energy. You're never tired. God, when I was 19, 19 years old. That was my year, man. If I could go back to any moment in my life to where I could physically feel a certain way, it would be 19 years old. Man, I felt like a million bucks. <laughs> no worry. No stress. Felt like a million bucks, man. A more simpler time, right? tell Mark all the time, stop trying to get older, man. Slow down. You have the world by the balls, man. You're only expected to do one thing, and that's go to school. That's it. Just go. You're free to go after any dream you can think of. Nothing's stopping you. You're bound by nothing. And what do we do the whole time? We try to grow up and become adults. We try to run away from school as fast as we can to come out and do this thing called life. Well, I'm here to tell you that life sucks. Stay a kid. Stay a kid as long as you can. God, if I could do it all over again, I'd still be pretending like I believed in Santa Claus. When you stop believing in Santa, that's when the presents stop coming as much. I'd love to go back and sit and talk to my 15-year-old self. Take my 41-year-old self, go back and talk to my 15-year-old self. Boy, would things be different for me. Like that show I did about what would you change? What would you do differently? Now do it. I wish I could go back. That's one of my wishes. Go back and talk to my 15-year-old self. You know, one time this guy came to me. I was working at this shoe store. 19, 20 years old. It's about 19 or 20. And... This little guy worked for this little nice man, awesome man named Nick, Leon's Men's Shop in Ocean City. And he came to me and this guy, Kevin, that worked there. There's only two of us, three of us, three employees. Me and Kevin always worked together. Kevin said, hey, guys, this guy was really big into investing. He wasn't really a rich man, but he was smart. He was smart with his money. He just, the shoe store he had didn't make that much money. It did okay. But he was very, very savvy. Man, he was very, very business savvy. He knew how to invest and where to put his money. Candos, he said, guys, I want to offer you an opportunity. I want to offer you guys to take whatever percentage, I forget what it is now, of your check and invest it in this new thing coming up called America Online. America Online. And you know what I did? I passed it up. After Nick left the room, I told Kevin, I said, what the hell is that? This new thing about you can go on the internet and talk to each other. Because people didn't know what the internet was going to become. The way they, they were billing this thing was you'd be able to go on the internet and speak to each other. Nobody gave a shit about that. Well, I had an opportunity to invest in America online and I passed it up. You want to talk about fucking stupid Boy, I'd love to go back and talk to myself now. I would have taken, I would have went homeless and said, fuck paying rent. I'd have took every penny I had and invested it into America online. Remember how big AOL got? I don't even think it exists anymore. There's one of my regrets in life right there. I would have went to my father who had the money at the time. I would have got him to invest for us also. Anyone, I would have went around and borrowed, begged, robbed, steal. 
do whatever I could to get that money to invest in America online, I'd be a millionaire today. But instead, instead, I chose to keep my extra 50 or $60 a week for myself, for my needs. I had partying to do. How fucking stupid. All right, guys, that's my little show for the day. The Lazarus Show in honor of my brother Brian. Remember, guys, we all have a voice. That includes you. If you ever feel like going on here and just complaining and bitching and whining, you can do it too. Goodbye. <laughs>